0: Good morning, Crestview family. I'm glad to see everybody here today. I love to see everyone coming in and mingling before church and just fellowshipping together in the house of the Lord. It makes me happy to know that we're not just a group of people who come in for two hours on a Sunday and and just not look at each other not talk to each other. I love to know that we are a family here. I'm glad... Thankful for everyone that's here today. If you are a guest or a visitor with us for the first time, we would love to have a record of your attendance. We are glad you chose to worship with us. And there are some cards in the pews in front of you. If you would fill one out and drop it in the offering uh, plates as they come by in a little bit, we would just love to get to know you better if there's any prayer request or anything. And if you can't find one, uh, let an usher know or me, or somebody you see, and we will make sure you get one. Um, A few announcements coming up. Um, So Tuesday at uh, 6 o'clock, the men will be working, or they'll be working, I said Baptist men, but anybody's welcome to come, be working uh, on some things going around the church out here. Um, 6 o'clock, or or really as soon as you can get here. I think some of them get here a little bit early, but... uh, Six o'clock's the goal to get that started. Uh, Don't forget about our Wednesday night Bible studies. Our adult Bible studies are here in the building, in the sanctuary. Uh, Down in the youth building, we have our children and our uh, youth Bible studies. Um, Come on out to that. Um, A week from Wednesday, I just found this out sure. So if you're in the youth, we started working on cpr certifications a couple weeks ago and it took a lot longer than we thought it was going to and so a week from wednesday robbie's going to come and he's going to do the last little bit of that it's not a whole lot it's uh some of the um some of the uh demonstration things he's got to do so that's not this wednesday but next wednesday so if you came to the first part of the cpr training be sure you make your way out to that so you can finish your CPR training. That's Wednesday night during our youth church services. Um, our picnic, at, first picnic at the creek is coming up on us at the end of this month. I'm looking forward to that. Um, that is on um, the, what? the 28th, yes. A um, couple of other things in the bulletin. A youth, we're having a youth camp out at the creek on uh, May the 19th. That's a Friday night uh, through Saturday morning, 6 o'clock that night through 9 o'clock that morning. I am so grateful for the pouring out of response. We talked about volunteers last week and how important they were for an overnight trip like this. So thank you so much if you volunteered. And if you want to come hang out at the creek with a bunch of teenagers, you're still welcome to do it. it I'm going to tell you, you will never forget it. Um, and especially if there's permanent markers and you go to sleep. You, know, you will never forget it. So, um, so, no, keep in mind for that, we've had someone volunteer to come cook breakfast for us that morning. I'm excited about that. Uh, the last thing that I have, I believe, is um, I want to remind everyone June 4th, if we're going to have our graduation recognition ceremony. Right now, I only know of one person graduating. So if you're graduating and I don't know about it, Please let me know, because if if I'm missing somebody, I do apologize, but so uh, please let me know in the next week or so, so I can uh, get all that ready. Um, At this time, I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Artie as we go to the Lord in prayer. I just invite you to, let's push the world to the side for just a little while, and let's focus on the Lord.
1: thank you for being here today and you know the forecast keeps changing it was supposed to be rainy yesterday then they moved it to today but i like this kind of rain this is it, 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 it a beautiful outside the only thing is is that that rain would get my truck all from being yellow back to being gray But uh, it it is beautiful outside, and we thank you for being here. We are glad that, that you are here, and we have come together as God's children to worship our Savior this morning. So as we begin, please join me in prayer as we begin our time together of worship. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come before you. And dear Lord, we thank you for everything that you have done. Dear Lord, even before we were clean, even before we were lovable, you loved us. And you demonstrated that love for us for dying on the cross. And dear Lord, we thank you for that. Dear Lord, this morning during our prayer time before Sunday school began, Jackie mentioned, thank you for pursuing us. And dear Lord, you do. You love us so much that you do not want to leave us where we are, and you will chase after us. Dear Lord, may we be still. May we be slow enough that you catch us. Dear Lord, that we wait on you to lead us, to guide us, to direct us. Dear Lord, and for this short hour, I ask that we do exactly what Pastor Chad said, that that just for this short hour, we shut out the cares of this world. What we're going to do at the end of this service, where we're going to go eat, what we have to do when we get home, what we're going to do tomorrow, what we're going to do next week. Dear Lord, let us forget about that so that we can fully and wholeheartedly concentrate on you this morning. As we go through this service, through the songs that we sing, through Chad sharing the children's message, to speaking through me as I preach, may we give you all the honor and glory. And may your spirit move among your people and may the gospel of Jesus Christ be proclaimed today and lives and souls be changed forever. We ask all of this in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our living Savior.
2: Amen. Would you stand as we sing hymn number 334. And I want you to sing this song with the assurance that Jesus is yours. We'll sing the first and third verses, page 334. And then we will have our time for worshiping the giving of our tithes, gifts, and our offerings. blessings that you have given us. And I pray now that you will bless this gift and bless the giver as we give back to you. For it is your holy name that we pray. Amen. Would you stand again as we sing hymn number 333, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms, 333.
0: crowd. I'm excited. Hey Curly. All right guys. I got a question for you. Who drove to church this morning? Which one of y'all drove to, who drove their car to church this morning? Charlie did. Charlie said he drove his car to church this morning. So that was pretty good. So okay, well that's an okay that's silly because none of you guys can drive, but who rode in a car to church this morning? I I think most of us did. I I There's a few of us that might could walk here. All right, when you're riding down the road, do you ever pay attention to road signs? Do you ever do do that? That, When you go down the road, they have road signs that say, um, they say stop. They say, sit down, sit down. They might say, uh, no right turn on red. They might say deer crossing. Um, But out here on the main highway, when you go down the road, there, if you go down the road and you'll look behind you, there's probably, you'll probably see a sign that says wrong way. I always thought those signs were funny because how do they know which way I'm going? But it's telling you you're going the wrong way because on one side of the road you can only go this way and on the other side of the road you can only go this way. So if you see that sign, you're probably on the wrong side of the big road. Well, guess what? In life there are road signs Did you know that <laughs> well I've made some signs and what I'm going to what I want you to do is I'm going to hold a sign up and I want you to look the way it's pointing we're gonna see how you pay attention all right you ready guys did pretty good. Alright, so what I want to tell you about is we're going to talk about the way today. There are many, have you guys ever did a maze? Have you ever did a maze on a piece of paper? When you do a maze on a piece of paper, if you take the wrong path, what happens when you get so far? There's a dead end, right? Well, life's the same way. You know that? Life is a maze. There's many Pass that you have to choose to go down. With, for instance, you might be at school and your teacher's passing out a test and your, uh, your person right next to you, your neighbor might say, hey, hey, I was up front earlier and I saw the answers to the teacher's test. Do you want me to tell them to you? What would be, you would have two ways to go, right? You could say, yeah, I need a good grade. Help me, make, help me get it on this test. Or you could say, that's cheating. I shouldn't do that, right? Or maybe, maybe you're you're spending the night at your friend's house and your friend's mom comes in and says, hey, guys, it's time to go to bed. You guys should go to sleep. And you look over at your friend and you say, hey, your mom's never going to know if we stay awake and we watch our phone after she goes to bed. And your your friend could say, yeah, let's do that. Or they could say, the right thing is, no, mom said, go to bed. We need to go to bed, right? There's lots of choices in life we could choose. There is only one way, though. And we're going to talk about it at children's church. But I'm going to read you a Bible verse. John 14:6 said, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Of all the ways that you could choose to go in life. There's only one path that leads to our Father in heaven. Did you know that? And that is through a relationship with Jesus Christ and accepting Him as our Lord and Savior. The way can't be, you can't choose the way of being good enough or following the rules or being nice. Those are all good things to do, but they're not going to get you to God. So when we go outside today... We are going to talk about what it means that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. Let's pray, and I want you guys to sit on this second row right here, okay? All right, let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for these guys and girls that are here today. I'm so grateful for each and every person that's here and and their contribution to our lessons that we're going to have. Lord, help us as we go out in this world to seek the one way that is Jesus Christ. Open our ears and open our minds as we we learn about that today. All this I ask in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
3: I marched the 4th.
1: You know, that was the greatest three words ever spoken in history. It is finished. Those three words changed everything for us. Well, last week, Chad shared in his children's sermon about his love for wrestling. And I'm going to tell you, I love wrestling too. Back in the 80s, I grew up watching Dusty Rhodes and Harley Race and the Junkyard Dog, even Ric Flair before he got to win his first championship when he was this scrawny little dude that got beat up by everybody else. But today, I want to talk to you, much like Chad talked to the children last week, about wrestling wrestling with God. But I'm going to tell you something probably not a lot of preachers will say. We need to wrestle with God. And I'm going to show you through Scripture, through the story here of Jacob, why we need to wrestle with God. So if you will turn to Genesis chapter 32. We're going to be looking at verses 24-31. through 31. But before I ask you to stand as I read this, I want to give you a little background. See, Jacob was a deceiver. See, Jacob was the youngest of twins born to Isaac. And when Jacob was born, his older brother Esau came out, and holding on to Esau's heel was Jacob. As they got older, it was time for Isaac to bless Esau and give him his inheritance. But Jacob deceived Isaac, who was blind, with the help of his mother and received the blessing that was intended or should have gone to Esau. So he deceived his father and stole Esau's inheritance. And Esau was going to kill him. So he fled. And he went to his uncles. And he saw his cousin, Rachel. And he fell in love. And he made a deal that he would work for seven years for his uncle in exchange for the right to marry Rachel. Well, that seven years passed. The wedding feast took place. Jacob goes in for the honeymoon, lifts the veil, and guess what? The deceiver had been deceived. It was the daughter Leah instead of the one that he wanted to marry. So he had to work seven more years in order to marry Rachel. So now he has left his uncle. He is heading back and he gets word that Esau is coming to meet him with 300 men. Jacob is scared, Jacob is terrified. So, what he does as this army, it's not a greeting party. It's not a warm welcome. There's 300 men coming at you. He knows Esau's coming to get him. So what he does is he separates and he divides his his family and he sends his wives and his children across the river. And he comes back alone to worry, and to fret. And that's where we pick up the story. So if you would stand, we're going to begin reading in verse 24 of chapter 32. And this is what we see recorded here. It says, Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. And when he saw that he had not prevailed against him, he touched the socket of his thigh so that the socket of Jacob's thigh was dislocated while he was wrestling with him. Then he said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel. Israel for you have striven with God and men and have prevailed then jacob asked him and said please tell me your name but he said why is it that you ask my name and he blessed him there so jacob named the place peniel for he said i have seen god face to face yet my life has been persevered or preserved now the sun rose about him just as he crossed over Peniel, and he was limping on his thigh let's pray Lord thank you for what we see recorded here of this incident in the life of Jacob Dear Lord that you changed him forever because he wrestled help us to understand what it means for us to wrestle with God speak through me today And it's in the holy and blessed name of Jesus Christ our Savior we pray. Amen. So let's look at this wrestling with God. There's a couple of things that I want you to to, to realize and I want you to see here. Look at that first verse again. Okay? Then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. There are some blessings that come from wrestling with God. The first thing is that when we wrestle with God, we get to know God in a more personal way when we wrestle with Him. You see, any type of fighting, they're not in a very personal way. If I took out a gun and, I, and I, we got in a gunfight, I wouldn't have to be up close to you to do that, would I? depending on what kind of gun, I could be almost a mile away from you and still shoot you. Even boxing. You may be looking face to face at somebody, but you're still arm's length away most of the time. But wrestling, it's a very personal way of combat. You get up close and personal. You get in each other's business. You're grabbing and clawing and choking and kicking, and you're you're up there and you're going around. When you do that, you get to know your opponent intimately. So when we wrestle with God, we get up close and personal with Him, and we get to know Him in a very intimate, personal way, and vice versa. He gets to know us in a very personal and intimate way. Not that He doesn't already. But because we're wrestling with Him, we get to know Him. Part of that is as we're wrestling with Him, we forget why we're wrestling, because we're focused on Him. you guys get what I just said? We may be dealing with the loss of a loved one. We may be dealing with sickness. We may be dealing with fear. We may be fighting against God because He wants us to go do something and we don't want to do it. So we fight against Him. We wrestle with Him. And as you're wrestling with God all of a sudden, without us even realizing it, our focus shifts from why we're fighting in the first place to who we're fighting with. Because one thing about when you're wrestling with someone, if you're not focused on your opponent, what's going to happen? You're going to lose. I hate to break this to you. When you wrestle with God, guess what? He's going to win all the time anyway. But here's the catch. When God wins, who else wins? We do. But our focus shifts. Another blessing that comes from wrestling with God is our faith and reliance on God is made fuller When we become more vulnerable when we are wrestling with God. Look at verse 25. When he saw that he had not prevailed against him, he touched the socket of his thigh so that the socket of Jacob's thigh was dislocated while he was wrestling with him. Has anybody here had a dislocated joint? It's not comfortable, is it? I had a dislocated thumb. Ended up having to have pins put in to set it and to keep it in place. When I had that dislocated thumb, I couldn't grab hold of a bottle. I couldn't hold a cup with my left hand. Whitey, when your shoulder was messed up, could you do anything? I told Whitey the other day, I said, man, it's a good thing we're not Pentecostal because Whitey's shoulders, he'd be doing this. You no, know, just joking. But He said, I can raise my hand now. And he raised it up real slow. But limited. When I had my knee surgery and I had my knee replacement until I was able to start walking and stuff again, if somebody came after me, there was nothing I would have been able to do. I couldn't have got away from them. I'd have been the one that you wanted to go with if a bear attacked. Because you could have left me. What's Jacob fighting? Why is he there by himself across the river by himself in the first place? Because Esau's coming after him. He's coming out to meet him with an army. And so he's trying to prepare himself. And I'm sure that he's praying that God will help him and protect him and then when God shows up, He wrestles with him until daybreak. And He does the one thing that Jacob is not, definitely not expecting. He dislocates his hip. Leaves him with a permanent limp. So when Jacob goes to face Esau, he is walking up there. Struggling, vulnerable, weak. And when God puts us in those possession or those positions, what do we have to do? What's the only what thing we can do? Trust him even more. Guys, I'm telling you, I was wrestling with God. I wrestled with God, I fought against him. I was comfortable being a youth pastor. I knew what I, was go- what I was supposed to do. I knew how to do it. But I had been wrestling with God calling me to the pastorate to be a pastor for years and I refused to do anything about it. So what did God do? God put me in the hospital on my back Put me out of commission for six months. Not being able to do anything. And I asked the doctors, why did these blood clots not kill me? And they said something that was very profound for a doctor to tell a patient. We don't know. And I looked at that doctor and I said, I do know. Because God's not done with me yet. But He had to put me in a vulnerable position before I was willing to trust Him and to take that step. Just like Jacob. When Jacob crossed back over, he knew that he was weak. He knew that he was hurt. He knew that the only way he could get through it was by trusting God to take care of him. Now, I'll give you a little foreshadowing. He did. Because when Jacob met up with Esau, Esau greeted him as a brother greeted another brother. He was happy to see him. Not at all what Jacob was expecting. And then, when we wrestle with God, our identity changes. We are no longer the same person we were. Look at verses 26 through 28. It said, Then he said, Let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. He said, Your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven against God and have given men and with men and have prevailed. I want you to think about this. Anytime anybody wrestles with God and God does a work in his life, names get changed. Abraham or Abram and Sarai. Became Abraham and Sarah. Their names were changed. Then you've got Jacob. Wrestles with God. And is given the name Israel. Saul. Fought against the church. Meets Jesus face to face on the road to Damascus. His name is changed to Paul. Becomes the greatest missionary the world has ever seen. The writer of the majority of the New Testament. His identity changed. In fact, Paul's the one that writes in Romans that if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away, all things have become new. We are new. And you think about this. When we feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit and we are being led to accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, you guys remember that? You remember that point in your life? You know what you guys were doing? You were wrestling with God. And when you wrestled with Him, and when He came out victorious, what happened to you? And you accepted Him as the victor. You accepted Him as Lord of your life and as your Savior. What happened to you? Are you the same person that went into that battle? No. You are a brand new creature. You have a new identity. You're no longer a sinner, but you're a sinner saved by grace and a child of the king. That is who you are. Your identity has been changed, just like Jacob's. And then the other thing that we need to realize is that God does want to bless you, He wants to bless us. Look at verse 29. Then Jacob asked him and said, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And he blessed him there. See, <clears throat> when Jacob asked him that, what his name was, Jacob knew who he was wrestling with. This was not just some ordinary man. This was God in flesh. In other words, who was it? Jesus. Jesus. He was wrestling against the Son of God. Flesh and blood. He was wrestling with Jesus. And he, and he asked me, why, why are you asking me my name? You know who I am. And he blessed him right there. God wants to bless us. He wants to bless us. But I want you to notice this thing right here. Jacob did not initiate this fight. He did not initiate that. Jacob wanted to be alone and wallow in his pity and his self-doubt. God pursued Jacob. Just like He pursues us. God loves us so much that He chases after us. He loves us so much that He does not and will not leave us where we are. He will pursue us and He will chase after us. Just like He did Jacob. Because see there in verse 24, it says, then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. Now here is something. It may seem, and a lot of times we do this, it may seem that God is reluctant to bless us. That we don't understand what God's doing. That we're like, God, why are you doing this to me? Why are you not blessing me? Why is everything happening good for other people, but it's not for me? What is going on? But in reality, what's happening is God has more blessings for us in the wrestling than without it. God sees the big picture. He's got the plan. He knows what's going to happen. He, he, He tells us in Jeremiah, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to prosper and not to harm you. David says, even when I was in my mother's womb, you knew me. You knit me together. God knows us. He has got a plan and He knows what He wants. He knows what He wants from us and with us. We don't get that. And sometimes, the only way that we can learn, the only way that we can fully receive what God is wanting to do in us is by wrestling with Him. Because we learn more through that conflict We learn more about who we are, about who God is, than if God just said, here, take it. God wants to bless us. And even when it seems like He's not doing it, He is doing it. I want to give you an example from our church life. Everybody knows that we had a rough few years, didn't we? <clears throat> and that was difficult <clears throat> going through that. And even on top of that, you add the COVID pandemic and everything else, and that is rough. And you look out, you stand from where I'm standing, when you look out in our, in our congregation... You know, at one point, we were so full that we, we were literally thinking where are we going to put everybody? We don't have that issue now. But you know what? Throughout that time of those struggles, when our attendance started going down, involvement started going down, our offerings started going down, there are some pretty amazing things that God did along the way. We paid off the mortgage. You guys remember that? Five years ago, we burned the mortgage. Our church is completely debt free as far as that goes. We put a new roof on. Put in new air conditioning units. Have Everything that we've needed to accomplish as far as the building has been accomplished. God did that. But the most important thing is that we transitioned from, I want it my way, this is what I want, and having those horrendous business meetings that lasted for an hour and a half and everybody got mad and argued and people left mad, to, what is it God wants? We changed. God blessed us. Now, I want you to understand, I am not saying that things were so p- terrible and we were about, and that's not what I'm saying at all. What I am saying is, God is changing us, God is working with us, God is blessing, with, uh, blessing us, even when we don't see it. We went through 18 months. Some people say it is the biggest mistake this church ever made. For me, yes, it was hard going through those 18 months. But for me, it's where God showed me I better answer what He's calling me to do. God worked on me during those 18 months. He has continued to work on me. Just like I know that He's working on a lot of you. God blesses us through the wrestling. So I challenge you that you keep wrestling with God. Struggle with Him. Because look what it says here in verse 26 again. Then He said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. But He said, I will not let you go unless you bless Me. Jacob was like a bulldog. He grabbed hold. And he was not gonna let go to save his life. He was not letting go. Even with his hip dislocated, he did not let go. And here's why because it's when you're in those points of anguish and your point of fear and uncertainty, God will meet you there. He will meet you in the midst of your troubles. Just like He met Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. Just like He met uh, Daniel in the lion's den. Just like He met His disciples out in the middle of that storm out on the Sea of Galilee. He will always meet you in the midst of your troubles. And when your greatest ally may show up looking at first like your adversary, inciting you to wrestle with Him. He's doing it for you. You may not need soft words of comfort. You may not need to be left alone with your thoughts. You may not need to sleep. You may not even need a good hip. What you do need is God's blessing. God knows how to meet us. You remember when Elijah was having his little pity party? How did God meet him? As a still, small voice. Because that's what Elijah needed. Jacob didn't need, it's going to be okay. Jacob, like us, was hard-headed. Jacob needed a little bit more stern voice. He needed that tough love. And so that's what God gave him. That's why God, how God met him, with that tough love. You know, we had a friend once that said, uh, you know, that uh, they, they were hard headed, and God couldn't do subtle nudges that God had to send an angel to sit on their shoulder with a Louisville slugger and knock them upside the head to get their attention. Guys, I'm going to tell you something. God's got a whole team of angels hitting me upside the head sometimes. God has to grab me and shake me so I shut up long enough to listen to what He has to tell me. I wish it wasn't true, but God knows me. And He knows what's best for me and He knows how to get my attention. When you wrestle with God, and this is the last point, when you are wrestling with God, grab hold of Him and don't let go or give up. Don't quit. Grab hold of Him. Hold on to Him. Wrestle with Him because He will not let go of you. You guys get what I said? God will never let go of you. Wrestle with Him. I believe Blackaby calls this, that when you're wrestling with God, a conflict of faith. My way versus God's way. Many times I'll tell you that I've been chewing on or wrestling with a certain Scripture passage, trying to get everything that I can possibly understand out of that passage because it's just not making sense to me. That's wrestling with God. Falling on my face. Talking to God. You guys realize that Jesus wrestled with God? The Son wrestled with the Father. You guys realize that? And it's recorded in Scripture. Scripture. You remember when he was in the garden and he went to pray? What was he doing? He was wrestling with God. Why? Because the Scripture records that he says if there's any other way that this can happen, I don't want to die. I don't want to go through what I'm getting ready to have to go through. I don't want this. If there's any other way that we can do this, please let it happen that way. But then he says what? Not my will, but Thy will be done. He was wrestling with God. And guess what? God won. The Father won and the Son submitted. And the Son did what the Father did. And thank goodness He did. Because in His victory, in His death, when He cried, it is finished. Guess what happened? We gained forgiveness. We gained salvation. We gained. Because He wrestled. Wrestle with God. Don't stop wrestling with God. Every time you turn around in your life as a Christian, there's going to be things that you don't understand and that you're going to have to get up close and personal with God the Father, with Jesus Christ, to wrestle with them so that you can understand, so that you can be blessed, and so that you can receive what God has for you. Church, keep wrestling. Keep struggling to understand what it is that God wants from you. Don't give up. And don't let go. Now it's the time of our service that, that if the invitation, if God is working with you, if, God is wrestling, if you're wrestling with God right now, this is your opportunity to come to the altar, to pray. If there is something that you have against somebody else, go get that taken care of. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I would love to be able to explain to you how to get to know Him in a personal way. If you are looking for a church home and you feel that this is where God would have you come and join as part of our church family, come forward and let me know that. Whatever it is that God is dealing with you with right now, don't leave this place without getting that taken care of. As we sing this song, that is your invitation.
2: Would you stand as we sing hymn number 405, Have Faith in God. 405.
3: Have faith in God when your pathway is lonely. He sees and knows all the way you have trod never alone nor the least of his children Have have faith in God have faith in God have faith in
1: you're visiting with us thank you please take an opportunity to fill out a visitor's card you'll find them in the pews in front of you and just drop them off at the welcome center on your way out we do want to say thank you for being here and joining us hopefully you felt at home don't forget next week is what terry what's next sunday oh good he almost (laughs) forgot you see i called him on the spot mother's day (laughs) all you married men Don't forget, kids, don't forget. Grandmothers, mothers, you know, don't forget. Don't forget, Eric. (laughs) So, and then, remember, the end of the month, we start our, our monthly picnics down at the creek, the last Sunday of the month. Don't forget about that. Have a great time. Um... Terry's gotten a little bit cocky lately over the cornhole, especially since his daughter's dating a professional cornhole player. <laughs> he needs to be knocked down a few pegs so you guys practice up and come ready to knock the king off his throne there with, with Listen. Larry, I don't know how, what you can call it with somebody that plays cornhole with their feet and still gets a, in a hole. And this is cocky. OK? So he needs to be knocked down a few pegs. So come on out and enjoy Join the fellowship, the food, the fun, and just being together as a church family. That's the whole purpose of these. So we invite you to come and join us there. And don't forget, Wednesday night, Bible studies. Uh, finishing up, uh, or still working on Galatians chapter 6, here in the sanctuary. Youth and children down in the building, 630. Hope you can join us there. Thank you for being here. And I'm going to ask... Joy, she was our deacon of the week last week, but was out at the hospital with her sister. So uh, she's going to come and dismiss us in prayer today.
2: Let us pray. Thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for bringing us here today. We even thank you for the pollen and the rain that didn't come. Uh, We just want you to um, bless us and keep us in your will, God. We ask that when we struggle with you, that we listen and that we um, do what's in your will and that we keep in the faith, God. We ask this in your name. Amen.